The following program is in no way representative of the high-quality programming usually heard on the Maverick Radio Network. The views expressed and fishing techniques demonstrated are not endorsed by this station. The following is not a news broadcast. news <laughs> dust ouch welcome to the pansy count starring dustin how's my hi-hat arm a bit sore what the heck dude you're falling I apart know. you're one of these guys that gets a covid shot and then cries to their mom and calls in sick to work and can't play hi-hat anymore what has happened listen ton i did not call in sick to work and i did not call in sick to the program i'm here right now and I feel like total junk. Total junk. But dude. I said the show must go on. It must go on. Because I'm I'm here to make great radio. You don't care if we're not feeling well. You need the radio to be great. They really every do. Saturday, you even though you that. don't listen. I agree. You, people just need to know that it's there. It's happening. Whether or not you know or hear it ever, it's there, and that's comforting to people. I guess. Is it really? I I, I need to believe that, son. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Oh, good. I think it is true. Welcome to the Five Count. We're so glad that you're here. Dusty is ready to rock your socks. I got the mo- motor m- man of war shot. Yeah, dude. So now I think I'm invincible. Now Listen. I can go back to the water park and like yeah. go yes. to the True Punk Electro Fest this summer. and I can just do whatever I want. Yeah, man. I can go on a cruise ship. or It's a good plan. Hang out at your mom's house, maskless. I on really, both ends. I really... <laughs> on both ends. Wow. Sorry. I, <laughs> I got to ask you a serious question now. Are you ready for this? More serious than that? Yes. Okay. Is this bed music from a Star Trek video game? It's not. Is it from W007 video game? Could be. Oh. Right now, it's from the five count. Oh. What? <laughs> wow. You don't got to get hot about it. It just, it reminds me of a video game of my past. It's 007, Goldeneye. It's the five count, Ton. It is. Hey, guess what? Got a lot of stuff happening on tonight's program. Guess how many exclusive interviews we have? 16. Uh, no, not quite that many. Uh, 40. Ah, you're in the, the wrong direction, I'm afraid. <laughs> Uh, 12. Uh, it's actually closer to two. Oh, two of them. In fact, it is two. Back-to-back interviews. Not sure if we need 12 interviews. All but right. 
Aren't I enough, Ton? I'm yes. never enough. You're definitely enough for me. Ton, we've got uh, a big show tonight. Let me tell you this. Lead guitarist for the band Lions Share, Lars wow. Chris, is on the program. Wow. Straight from Sweden. Lions Share. they got a new single. It's called Under Attack. Whoa. You'll probably feel like your guts are under attack when we listen to this musical set coming up. Are you saying that I'm going to love it? Will gonna, I love it? I'm going to say that you should love it and you'll pretend you love it, but secretly you'll be a bit scared and probably a bit nauseous. All right. Kind of like you were when the great cat was on the show. Yeah. And she heard you say that and then she banished us yeah. from her website and blackballed me. It was That was a weird thing. That was a weird whatever happened there is weird yeah because we interviewed the great cat and all she did was scream at me for 20 minutes she really did and then i said wow this is so metal it's making tons sick and she's like i didn't like that comment yeah i don't like you yeah all of a sudden oh. it was really weird let's talk about flip flip side man it was weird well that was strange ton uh after that if you're still uh conscious we've got another exclusive interview with uh, singer, bass player, musician Doug Howard from the band Touch. Cool. They were from the back in the day in the 80s. Yeah. They were the first band to play the uh, Castle Donington Monsters of Rock. Oh, cool. You remember? Yeah. There's a new album. It's called Tomorrow Never Comes. But it did come, Ton, because it's their first album in 40 years. It came. It's here. It's right now. Man. He also played with uh, Utopia, Todd Rundgren. Wow. Remember that guy? Yeah. He just wanted to bang on his drum all day. Yeah, dude. Wow, yeah. cool. It's going to be exciting. It's an exciting show. Hey, we've got mailbag questions. Ton's got a postcard from oh, an adoring yeah. fan. Yes. And uh, we've probably got all sorts of other stuff. Who knows? When do I talk about this postcard? You can do whatever you want, Ton, because I'm hella sick. Whatever I want at any time? Now, listen, Ton, I have to warn you. One of the possible symptoms, side effects of the motorhead shot that i got yeah was um real intense stomach cramping mm. and possible no good nicks so like projectile vomiting um other end other oh end. boy oh boy well there's plenty of garbage cans around here i'm sitting on one right now okay good but i'm still doing the show and that's what i'm trying to get across yeah i have another one over here in case there's a projectile i'll just grab that quick Ton- acceptable i guess so I'm going to try to get through the show. You know, if I hadn't said anything, no one would know that I'm secretly suffering. I wouldn't even have known. For my art. You look amazing. You Thank sound you. gorgeous. I wouldn't even have thought about it until you started wincing about playing an air hi-hat. Man, just imagine if I was 100%. Wow. <laughs> Can't even imagine it myself, no. and I'm me. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Figure that out. Might blow some minds. Double O, holy moly. I'm going to move on to this postcard while I still have some of my mind left. Okay. I'm going to refrain from complaining about the brownie batter blizzard Don't that I do got, that. which Don't. was not really a brownie or a batter. It was more chocolate ice cream with little chewed up bits of Tootsie Roll in it. It was. I'm sure it was delicious. All right. Here is a postcard all the way from New Ulm. Wow. Helsinki? Yeah, it says for Justin, that's me, and Dustin. Can I just sit another sidebar, Tom? Yeah. Um, that was sent to my personal residence. I noticed that, actually. Mail for you is now being sent to my house. <laughs> just wanted to throw that out there. 
Oh, this says, hope this makes it in time for Wednesday night. That's when we're recording this show. Oh, it does say Wednesday night recording, giant period. Don't pull back the curtain too much. August 2020 was last time I wrote. You, the letter, might still be at KMSU, question mark, with a very giant period under it. So I have a hard time reading this because there's a printing over it. That's why it's coming out strange. Was the last time I wrote you the letter might still, there's no comma there, but might still be at KMSU question mark. My sister is still getting chemo. That's too bad. That's a sad part of the story. My dad is doing somewhat okay. Medium sized period. I try to see him every week. He lives 100 miles from New Ulm. Yikes. Small period. Between my job and my stuff and dad, I am busy. Underlined on the busy. It's a medium-sized period to back that one up. I think October 26, 2019 was last time I called in. We have the King Kong Godzilla movie night now. No, right now? Is that a right now or a night now? Hey. Hey. It's your tomorrow. Right now. This year will be 12 years being a fan of five count. Wow. Medium-sized period. Now, the next part is all underlined. Have a great day, Dustin and Justin. John, New Ulm. What up? That's lovely. Dude, he's got more. Justin, hope this makes you smile. Reading my postcard on air like you did many times in the past. Too bad movie rental didn't work out, question mark. But who knows what might work out down the road. (laughs) Dude, yes. Yes, John. Movie rental should work out. We just haven't been able to figure out when we all both have time to do it with some other friends and all that stuff. And it could still work out, John. Don't you worry. Of course, I'm listening. I'm paying attention. I'm reading your cards. Brings a giant smile to my face. And Dusty absolutely loves it. I'm trying to figure out how to make friends. Thank you so much. So then we can make it happen. You don't have to sit by me. It's fine. We can keep like a seat apart so our knees don't touch or whatever. Just hang out with me. Yeah. That's all I ask. Just hang out. Be or in... hang out around me. You don't even have to talk to me. Yeah. Just be in the vicinity. I just need like human interaction from afar even. That'd be something. I've been getting away with that for years at Dusty. It's really nice. I mean, sometimes I walk even on the other side of the street, but he doesn't care. He's been social distancing from me for some time. I don't mind if he just points over there. Then I know that he's telling someone, or usually he's kind of shouting, but I can't really hear it very well. But something along the lines of, I'm friends with that guy. That's Ton over there. And I'm like, yeah. See that guy? I'll own it. Across the street? Yeah. We're friends. I'll send a wave or whatever. Like, yeah, buddy. How's it going? You're too good to me. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't do that. Done. Usually hold hands. I got a question for you. Oh, dude, I'm so ready. Are you ready to rock? I think I'm so ready to rock right now. Now, you need to really be serious about this, Ton, because this is going to be some extreme rocking from Lion's Share. I want to rock right now. Yes, I know. You're Ton Klein, and you've come to get down. Yes, dude. All right. Well, then let's get to it, because Lars Chris is going to be on the program here. From Lion's Share. Here's awesome. A, here's a scene setter. Ton, uh, hold on to your butt. 
Hi everybody, it's Bob West and Barney the Dinosaur and you're listening to Dustin and Dunn on the Five Count. Oh boy! I love you, you love me, we're a happy family. We are metal. We are what we are. 
What's up, people? Jason Newstead here. You're listening to The Five Count.
I knew you couldn't handle that, Ton. And we're back. Ton's choking. Too much metal. It's like a satanic chicken bone in his throat. Oh, yeah. That was Lion's Share with Pentagram. Wow. Yeah. That is some serious stuff. Well, we'll hear all about it from Lars Chris coming up. Also, Doug Howard of the band Touch. Touch. Yeah. It's a big show. It's a twofer. Yeah, cool. It's a twofer, Ton. Listen, I got some bad news for you, Ton. I don't okay. even want to tell you this because it's going to crush you. Okay. Uh, I was sending out some feelers, seeing if some of your all-time childhood heroes wanted to be on the program. Okay. And I sent an email to one of your top 10 all-time favorite pro wrestlers, Tito yes. Santana. Oh, dude. And I said, hey, Tito, my friend Ton is a, such a huge fan of yours and just wondering if you'd be interested in maybe being on the show, you know, just a couple minutes just to say, hey, Ton, it'd really make his day. It'd make his life. And then he uh, wrote back, is there a payday? Oh. And I said, Tito, I'm afraid we can't pay you, but uh, we'd be definitely happy to promote anything you're working on and we could send the listeners to your website or cameo or any projects you're working on we would love to plug those and it's not like a shoot interview or anything you know just you know 10 minutes of your time just to say hey ask you a few general questions yeah give you an ariba and it would mean the world to us and then he wrote back today i'm not interested thanks wow and i thought uh ton is gonna be crushed El Matador slammed the door in his face. That's kind of crazy. Well, I wanted to tell you, because I know he means a lot to you, and you were probably going to seek him out on your own. I just wanted to save you the embarrassment. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. That's really a disappointment, honestly. Yeah. But? I mean, aside from the hurt, from the deep down hurt inside, it's also just kind of disappointing. You know what I mean? It comes crashing down, and it hurts inside. I'll give it, you that. Yeah, it does. Wow. Well, thanks. Thank you. Just thought you should hear that from me. But Tito Santana does not give a rip about you. You're the only one that I'm okay with hearing that from. Should I ask him what he charges? Maybe we could get him on the show. You should have asked him just so we could exploit it on the show. Because that is... Um, He's only the third person in history who's asked for money to be on the program. Yeah. And we don't have any money. I no. mean, just listen to me. You can tell. And I'm broke. It's a volunteer program. We've been volunteering and paying for our own web hosting and stuff for years, for over a decade. and a, Over a decade and a half. It's like, yeah. And if you were to just look at our website and see all the other wrestlers that we've had on while they've been relevant or champions even. Are you suggesting that we've had bigger names on than Tito? I mean, definitely in different time periods, yes. I didn't say that to him because I wanted to be the bigger man. It's fine, Ton, because we still got each other. We've got two interviews tonight. We've got another one next week. Possibly another one the week after that. Maybe he's hurting. Maybe he's hurting. Maybe he's got some other problems going on that we're unaware of, and, you know, that's too bad. Well, I guarantee if he had been on, then Billy Floyd Shouts would probably sign up for his cameo and get, like, a birthday shout-out. Yeah. That could have happened. Get an Ariba for, you know, 25 bucks or whatever it is. 25 bucks. Should we start getting some cameos? 
Yes. Should you be on Cameo? Yes. How much does that uh, entail to set up, do you Ooh, think? I have no idea. Now, what if people started signing up for them? Would you go through with it? Yes. You'd have to film yourself saying like, hey, hey, Jamie, just uh, wanted to say happy birthday. Uh, your your mom, Meg, and your, and your dad, Kevin, they said that you're a big fan of me, and I, it means the world to me, and I just want to say happy birthday, buddy. I would do it. And then they could pay you 50 bucks. I would totally do it. Or five bucks. That'd or be amazing. How much yeah. would you? Even five bucks for that. Okay. We're talking like 30 seconds, a little 30 second spot for five. That's fine. Well, we'll look into it. Maybe because I don't know one's going to want me. And I have a feeling if I'm on with you, that will somehow deter people from signing up. So I think it should just be you by yourself. Oh, that's a bummer. I'm sorry you feel that way. Well, it's the truth. Let's just move on to the next thing. Ton, I don't know what the next thing is. Don't you have some mailbag questions? Listen, I do have one from Billy Floyd Shouts, oh, the aforementioned. Man. Guess I'm, what it's about, more pro wrestling. <laughs> I'm really worried about this. Well, uh, he says the following. Assuming at least one of you gentlemen watched WrestleMania last weekend, will you share your thoughts and experience watching the granddaddy of them all? Signed, Billy Floyd Shouts. Adnan L. Casey. Well, I'm completely off the hook because I didn't watch it. What's your problem, Tom? I'm sort of happy to say that. It was only like seven hours over two nights of your life. Yeah, that's a little bit too much. Plus, no matter what I would say, Shill Bill would not have been having it. In fact, right now, right now, he's tweeting out the same thing that he, the same animated gif of hogan punching a, his fist through a boombox saying something about when i expected ton to be watching the wrestlemania and he doesn't <laughs> he's gonna be pissed he's That's doing all, it right now all the more reason you should have watched yeah he would be doing that even if i watched it no i just didn't i don't i don't have uh peacock i think i could have got the uh the the free trial i might still be able to do that and watch it past tense can you rewatch it have you looked I, into that? I think you can watch it anytime you want. So, Hulk Hogan was there, and he got—he was dressed like a pirate, and he got booed, like a lot. Everybody booed the Hulkster, and they were in Tampa, which I think is where he lives. That's weird. He's got like a surf, Ron and John and Hulk surf shop or something yeah. there. They still booed him. That's weird. Sorry, so, Tom. was there live people there? There was. Okay. I don't was know it? how many, but okay. Also, why is it, like, pirate-themed? Because they were in Tampa Bay. So? That's where the Buccaneers play football, American football. Okay. Tampa Bay. I, I might be the only person on Earth who wasn't completely smitten by the Pirates of the Caribbean movies and now think that pirates are just the coolest ever. I it's, might be that only possible. person. You know what? I've never seen them, so... Yeah, I've I've seen like one, and it wasn't cool enough to keep watching them. To me, I I've like, I've also yeah. never seen Hook, and I've never seen Peter Pan. I have seen Hook, and I like that movie. So you're well versed in piratees. What's the problem? I mean, I guess, but no wonder Tito Santana doesn't want to talk to you. I mean, like I'm not totally against pirates, but I'm definitely not like yeah, pirate theme. Let's do it. So uh, I don't know what that is. There were a couple of good matches and a couple not very good matches. 
Uh, Bron- wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You said a couple and then a couple again. Let me give me a real legit like percentage. How much good matches to how much really crappy ones? Like 50-50 maybe? No, what do you mean 50? There's not even possible. Why not? Because there's no way. There's not even 50% good wrestlers there on the card, right? There was some pretty good matches. No. Sasha Banks had a match. That was pretty good. Uh, five-count alumnus Braun Strowman wrestled Shane McMahon in a real not-very-good dumb match. All right. Uh, five-count alumnus Sheamus was there. He's wrestled for the last 28 years, so, of uh-huh. course, he was there. Okay. And he wrestled was- the flip-flop guy. And was that a good match or a dumb match? Uh, it was. It was a match. It was a dumb match. It was. It, it existed. Uh huh. So that means not good. Um. There was a rapper who wrestled Five Count alumnus The Miz, and okay. he did like uh, his name was Bad Bunny, which I'm sure you probably know. No, because you're on TikTok and stuff. No, I'm definitely not. And he did like um, all these crazy moves where it was like. Everybody was super blown away, like, oh, my God, Bad Bunny was so awesome. He did a Canadian Destroyer, and he did, like, all these crazy Frankensteiners and Hurricane Ranas, and and the whole time I'm thinking, doesn't this make all the other wrestlers look bad that this 120-pound rapper that no one's ever heard of came in and was able to do all these moves out of nowhere? Doesn't it make it seem kind of like anybody could do it? That's the yes. That's how I felt, which I'm guessing is the extreme minority. So that pretty much says to me, not good match. So you said one good match, and now you've said three that were not good. So this your 50-50 ratio is thrown right out the window so far. Please continue. Uh, Roman Reigns was there, and he's hot. He sucks. He's he's terrible. Why? Why? You're, that sounds like jealousy to me. He's just terrible. He's just not that good. He is a beefcake. He's boring to watch. I'm not attracted to dudes, so that has no bearing for me. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess we're at an impasse. He's just boring. He's like slow and boring. Um, The great Kali was there. <laughs> and and your, your favorite wrestler, Bailey... Didn't have a match at all. Okay. She got beat up by the retired Bella twins. That made her look real good. And she was dressed like a librarian or something, which I didn't understand. Okay. Well, Floyd shouts, also sounds dumb. I tried, but you know, a ton is just not, it's not on the bandwagon here. It's not 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 cooperating with me. It's not my fault. It's WWE's fault. It's Snitsky's fault. That's the thing. Floyd shouts, if you don't like it, you need to wake up and realize what's actually happening right now. And that is an era, era of really terrible wrestling. Asuka wrestled uh, a girl who looks like Brigitte Nielsen. Yeah, was it any good? or? Uh, she seemed to be kind of like uh, clunky. Okay. But maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Which doesn't seem likely because I'm a friggin' genius. So here's here's... The- <laughs> <laughs> Here's the funny part is, so we were talking about this last weekend when you enlightened me on the whole Peacock situation. And you better explain it, that because if you just throw that out there, it sounds odd. Well, okay, so that the WWE Network was sold to Peacock, which is, is it NBC? I think so. I think that's NBC. Um, Sorry, I don't have my facts all totally lined up there, but... From what I read, it was 
it was sold to Peacock for like a billion dollars, and then it seems like they're really like WWE is really raking it in right now. Like they're actually doing really well. So in an article I read, when you first told me that, I thought it was like, oh boy, they're hurting. And they need to sell the network just to make some extra cash to keep rolling. But then I read an article and it seemed like that is actually the opposite. And at least that's how they're coming off. They're saying, like Steph is saying, we want to stop having to deal with this network stuff and and manage that ourselves and, and focus on creating more and better content for the viewers, which... um. On one hand, I'm like, okay, good for you. But on the other hand, I'm like, you already have way too much content. Like, it's way more than enough content. Way more than enough. Content is king, Ton. That's why people join us on Patreon so they can hear all 1,400 hours of our show. Yeah. So that whole thing is just really, um, really strange. But I think it's, I mean, I'm, I'm very willing to admit that perhaps it's because i'm older and come from a different era of watching wrestling where floyd shouts would probably argue with me to the hills about about that and he'd say what do you mean i'm i'm older than you i'm six months older than you or whatever it is and you know whatever i don't know try to convince me that i'm still bogus but Either way, it's just strange. It does. I mean, I guess they're doing a good job of marketing it, and maybe they're making tons of money because they're marketing more towards children, and the children are who buy the toys and all the merchandise and stuff, or really the parents of the children buy all that stuff, and that's probably what's driving that money, you know, that profit. And it's like I'm just not that interested in that. You know, because there's weird stuff like what you're explaining that happens. Some little guy comes in and does all these crazy moves and like, I don't know. There's, there's just no, the story is not there and doesn't line up or make sense most of the time. It's just random stuff and content and things to try to get like the 30 seconds of holy crap and then on to the next thing. So even that, like you explained, the Bella, like the Bella twins, right? Beat up Bailey, and it's like they're retired and have not been wrestling at all. And so what? So why have somebody just like a couple of moms who are retired come in <laughs> and beat up an active wrestler? That hundred percent just says like, oh well, that person is a pile. Why then? Why wouldn't everyone watching be like? Well, why is she even on the roster if she's just some moms can come out of retirement for one night and kick the crap out of her? That's this is just dumb. I'm sorry, Ton. I'm sorry I opened this can of worms, and I'm sorry that I reminded you that you get beat up by moms a lot. It's like if Floyd Money Mayweather came to a fight, right, and he was, like, in the ring and, and trying to help promote some other guy, right? He's, like, talking about something, and then some literally, like, somebody's dad comes into the ring and is like, what are you doing here, Money Mayweather? You're no good, and then beats the crap out of him. Wouldn't <laughs> everybody be like, whoa, something wrong there? But the actual reality is, I guess maybe that's the thing I need to embrace, is that it's not, the, the curtain doesn't need to be there anymore. They're not... They're not actual fighters. 
you know, they may be entertaining athletes, but um, it's all for the entertainment value. I should just see it for that, right? That's right, Ton. Ton, we got to move on here. I know you're very heated, and you can go another 58 minutes. All right. Tunning all over uh, Shield Bill, but we've got to move on because we've got an exclusive interview with Lars Chris, guitar player for Lion's Share. Awesome. Let's hear it, shall we? We're on the phone today with Lars Chris. He is the guitarist for the band Lion's Share. They've got a new single out. It's called Under Attack. Hey, Lars, how you doing today? Hey, Dustin. I'm good. How you doing? I am excellent. Thank you so much for taking the time out with me today. Oh, no problem. My pleasure. Awesome, man. Well, uh, Lion's Share has a new single out, Under Attack. Can you tell the listeners a bit about it? Yeah, uh, since our last album, we decided to to release a new digital single every two, three months to gain uh, fam, the fan base and keep the interest up because of the COVID and, and stuff. So this is the latest one. And uh, uh, it's, uh, it's the title came from when we wrote a song. We usually just use some words, you know, to come up with the melody. And... Uh, we sang Under Attack and it stuck, so we had to create the lyrics around it. And <laughs> since the situation is like it is these days, uh, we, we decided to include a bit of the virus and, uh, and just uh, not just the uh, war and, and bombs and stuff. So we de- dedicated each verse to a different theme uh, that we're under attack from uh, different things, more or less. Excellent, yeah, and I know you have a new video out for the song as well. Who's uh, playing with you on this new song? I know you guys kind of have a, a rotating lineup. Yeah, it's me and it's Patrick Guns, and we're uh, we're the like the band, and then we use his son Nils Frederick uh, Johansson on drums, and and Luz uh, is the bass player, and he he's been he was on the first Liner album actually back in '95, so. He's been a friend for a long time and an excellent bass player. And whenever we need keyboards, we use Kai Backlund, who formed a band with me back in the day and was also on the first three albums. So we keep it in the family, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting setup uh, with Lion Share, where you know basically you and Nils, uh, the sing- the singer, and uh, you know various guest musicians. How did that uh, decision come about to just have kind of you guys and then you know whoever you want to fill out the band? Uh, it, I work as a producer and mixer for, for a living, so we we have we have everything in house more or less, and and Miss Patrick can uh, record his vocals at at home as well. So we don't really need any outside people to you know to come up with the songs and and uh, to record a very decent demo, and then we just bring in whoever we need to make the final touches, and then I mix it. So. Uh, that that's probably how it came about. We don't really need a full band to be in a rehearsal studio and and try out stuff. We can we can do it pretty smoothly. And also, I mean, we've been around, and whenever there's there's a band, there's a you know, <laughs> there's an, another will, uh, and it it could lead to tension, and it's just easier. Uh, we get along well. We work well. We have the same influences, and and we. We have the same goal for what Lionshares sh- should sound like. So it's it's simple. It's easy to have two persons come up, write the songs, and make the decisions. That's basically it. 
Yeah, I know there's been a, a lot of turnover in the band over the years, but uh, you know, you and Nils obviously work together. It makes sense to to keep that setup you have uh, once you find somebody, you know, a partner that uh, that you gel with. Uh, definitely, uh, not a lot of bands uh, find that person uh, their whole career. Yeah, yeah, it's all about chemistry. Uh, I mean, uh, he started uh, in the band 2003, so we've been working together for a very long time and we we've done side projects and stuff but we always you know kept writing and and uh, stuff so yeah he's he's great the new single under attack is out i've read there's a new album maybe in the works or, or is it finished or what's the status on that yeah it could be finished because we we started releasing uh, these digital singles in i think it was 2017 or 18 so I, I think we were, we must have released eight or nine songs already. So we could easily put together an album. Uh, obviously, I need to go back and maybe remix something so it ho- holds together. Uh, but this, we have a plenty of songs and we, we keep on writing new songs. So it's uh, we, I, I know we can come up with a killer killer album because we we've been we had the luxury to be able to work on it for, for so long. And the plan was actually to release a new album, uh, 2020, and we 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 put together a, a live lineup and we went down to Germany to do two headline shows and everything looked great. This was sixth uh, and seventh of March, and then <laughs> on the tenth, pretty much all of Europe, uh, you know, went into lockdown. Sure. So had had those shows been like one weekend later, uh, they wouldn't have happened. So. Obviously, we need to tour uh, to promote an album, so we d- decided to, you know, put it on hold and keep releasing the, the singles every two, three months to keep the t- interest up and to gain more fans. But as soon as we we can go out and tour, we will put out a new album for sure. Excellent. Yeah, I know it's got to be tough for you. You mentioned having all this time to to work on things, and you got all these songs kind of uh, stockpiling, but. You know, you don't want to release an album now when you, you can't tour on it. So it's uh, definitely an interesting time here. I don't think anyone's uh, ever dealt with something like this before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, huge challenge for everybody. Uh, but, yeah, no, uh, the vaccine is here and, you know, hopefully things will change. Maybe not this year, but hopefully next year we, we can go out and tour again. Well, Lars, I know you've been playing uh, for a long time. Can you talk a bit about your style, your playing style, you know, and some of the guys maybe who influenced you uh, when you were coming up? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'm hugely influenced by Tony Aomi when it comes to, to riffs. He's the master of riffs. I love those doomy uh, style riffs. And, and also, I grew up with the whole new wave of British heavy metal. So, I mean, Judas Priest, Saxon... Uh, Megadeth, uh, Maiden, all those kinds of bands are like in my DNA. And when it comes to lead guitar playing, I'm I'm a huge fan of George Lynch from Dokken, uh, and uh, Gary Moore during the 80s, uh, uh, Uli Roth uh, from the Scorpions, Michael Schenker also from the Scorpions. Uh, those kind of like uh, melodic but still flashy players uh, that uh, comes from like the blues side of things uh, but when it when it comes to riffs I, I mean no one beats Tony Iommi <laughs> you know I think I first saw you guys or you know became aware of a lion share on a an old Manowar DVD that was uh, released years ago I think that's when I first saw you guys 
Yeah, uh, we actually did a tour with, uh, uh, it was Manamor, Dio and Motorhead and Lysha were opening up uh, uh, back in end of 99, uh, Monsters of the Millennium Tour it was called. Uh, so it was, it was a couple of weeks, three and a half weeks or something, touring with those guys. And then when we put out the Emotional Coma album in two, uh, 2007, we got invited to play Manowar's own uh, festival down in Germany called uh, the Magic Circle Festival. So that's how it came about. So we knew them from before. Uh, but great guys, always, you know, all those bands we, we, we toured with were really great. And yeah, as a memory for life. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the, uh, the festivals and stuff. Uh, we have passionate metal fans here in the States, but uh, I'm always amazed by uh, the metal fans in Europe. It seems like they find bands that they like, and then they are diehard fans for the, for the rest of their lives, it seems. Yeah, and, and we, you know, there was some, some grunge thing going on here, but not uh, as much as, as in the U.S., so it, it kept on going here, and we have to thank mainly, I guess, Germany, because they're, they're really true metal fans down there. Uh, and it's been growing. It's, it was a little dip during the 90s, but uh, since the early 2000s, it's only been going up here. Uh, so fortunately, we, we don't have the grunge and hip-hop taking over as much as in the U.S., from what, what I hear. So hopefully it will change over in, in the States as well. We always had a great following, and, and I see the stats from digital streaming and stuff and you know uh, after sweden uh, it's usa and uh, it's been and also our last album dark hours sold real well there uh, so i think we have something that attracts the american uh, metal fans yeah you know i think it's uh, as you mentioned at least for me anyway uh, the metal here it kind of goes with whatever the new trends are so you'll see some of the you know the hip-hop or you know whatever it is kind of make its way into the metal or you know, over there, you guys, uh, you know, you figured out how to rock and <laughs> you, you still do it. And, and I think that's something, you know, for fans like me that kind of miss, uh, you know, you mentioned the Man of Wars and the Motorheads and, you know, that kind of sound. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's being made today, at least here in the States anyway. Yeah, now it's it's uh, pretty big here. And we also have, you know, plenty of festivals with, with those kind of bands uh, in every country over here. So, uh, yeah, thankfully... Uh, <laughs> We live here, so it's not that far to to, to tour and, and play these festivals and, and, and expensive and stuff. So, but I, I really hope it will change in, in the U.S. as well. I look back at the glory 80s <laughs> <laughs> and the US Festival and stuff like that. That would be something. Well, have you had uh, much chance to, to tour the States? I know you've been uh, a few times, but um, is that tough for you guys to get the, the entire show over you know, across the sea here and uh, do a, a proper tour in the States. Yeah, it is. And, and also, I think it's such a huge country. So it, it doesn't matter if we go over and do five shows or something. We need to stay there for, you know, a couple of months <laughs> going around the country. <laughs> Otherwise, it, it won't uh, make any mark. I, I don't think so. Uh, of, of course, we would love to play these uh, uh, 70,000 tons cruises and monsters of, of rock, whatever they call them, even prog power, which we never played. But uh, to be able to m make uh, a mark, I think you need to really 
tour all over America and stay for a long time. Well, hopefully, uh, once things kind of get back to normal, you'll be able to uh, get back out on the road. And I know, again, uh, Under Attack from Lion Share is out now. Is there anything else maybe we should be uh, watching out for? I know the, the album's almost finished, but uh, will we have another single or two coming up soon? Yeah, we hope so. End of May, probably. Uh, we, we, we try to keep this every two, three months. And so obviously, we have released, uh, before Under Attack, we have released... Uh, a bunch of singles uh, that people can check out. And we also did a, a tribute to to Lemmy uh, around, uh, I think, but yeah, it was on his uh, death day on the 28th of December. We released a cover of uh, uh, Killed by Death and we had Mickey D, the drummer, introduce the video. So people can check out that as well. It's on YouTube and obviously on, on Spotify and everywhere. But the video is on, on YouTube with Mickey D. Well, again, Lars, uh, I'm a big fan of yours. I, I really appreciate your time today, and hopefully we can see you guys uh, here in the States when everything's uh, back up and running again. Uh, thanks for the support, and my pleasure. And again, that was guitarist Lars Chris of the band Lion's Share, and uh, the new single from Lion's Share, Under Attack, is out now.
hier ist Rob Schenker. And Matthias Jabs from the Scorpions. And you are listening to the Five Count.
Hi, this is Fast Eddie Clark from Motorhead, and you're listening to The Five Count.
because we're back. Oh, yeah. That was Lion's Share. That was totally awesome is what that was. Lars Chris. Hey, the new single, Under Attack, is out now. Dude, I'm going to be under attack after that last segment under Billy Floyd shouts his watch. Well, Ton, um, how do you feel about, you know, stuff going on roughly 10 years ago? If we just had to, like, put a random number on things. Like, Probably. if I just had to say, hey, you know, like, 10 years ago, just, you know, out of the blue, what do you think was going on? Probably a bunch of really cool stuff. Probably a WrestleMania show and something cool. And just pushing buttons over here. Yeah, what are you doing over there? I mean, I know you'd like to mute me the whole entire show. I'm but sick, Ton. Please. I got a shot in my arm, and now I feel like total junk. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go, Ton, because this is the part of the program where we go back 10 years in five-count history. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's April 16th, 2011. Awesome. It was me and you, Ton, and uh, a lot of stuff happening that night. I'll tell you what it was. We discussed the process of going through beefcake training. <laughs> yeah, dude. That was right around the time when Ton was graduating from Beefcake Academy. Oh, yeah. We also spoke with NASCAR legend Dick Trickle, who Ton recently told me is no longer with us. Sorry about that. <laughs> And we gave away tickets to see Ton's all-time favorite band, the Pixies. Wow. Yeah, that was 10 years ago. That's crazy. You hate the Pixies. We gave tickets away to the Pixies? Yeah. Wow. We used to do fun stuff. Yeah. Now we're just like sitting here skipping pledge drive meetings and complaining about DQ blizzards and professional wrestling. Yeah. Back then, we used to mean something. Stuff is really taking a turn. What happened? I don't know. Uh, Well, that's fine, Ton, because, you know, we still have the memories. Yes, and and, each other. And the part of the program where we rehash those memories. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty cool. We used to give away tons of tickets. Did you go to the Pixies? You didn't go. No, I think you went, but I didn't I went. You didn't go because you hate them. Hate seems like a strong word, but I guarantee, I, I hands down guarantee that 10 years ago, I probably definitely would have said that. I would have said and something did like, say it. I hate them, or who cares. Or fact, I, I think been, there's a maybe a show even where you complained about them for a good 20 minutes. I probably definitely did that. I was probably most definitely very abrasive about the situation, which now I'm like, I would not be that abrasive. I might listen to all of it and then say like, yeah, it's just not my thing. I might say that now, but 10 years ago, me probably was very abrasive about not liking them. Well. I don't know why that is. Not much has changed. <laughs> that was 10 years ago in five-count history. Son, that was episode number 350, I believe. 350? Now we're at episode 1,350. Wow. Give or take. Give or take a couple hundred. Hey, we're back. It's the five-count Thank you so much. Thank you, Ton. I got a text message. Did you really? To the five count hotline. No, you did not. 507-519-2030. You should text that number. Call it. Leave us a message. 519-2030. Sometimes we even take live phone calls, but not tonight. Because Ton ain't having it. He ain't having it. That's from that movie with the kids and the guy. Yeah. Kids and the guy. His name is Bebe. Mm-hmm. Was Bebe the mom? Not sure. You should probably just move on to the message. Uh, 
It says, and I quote, I remember in RoboCop paperback before I mailed it to Ton, a few lines about Sylvester Stallone making 200 movies. Stallone is in new Suicide Squad movie this August. Yes, John Cena is in also. Hope you got a postcard. That's all for number four now. Reporting live from New Ulm, John, what up? What up? Wow. He's double dipping in the same show right now. Did you catch any of that? (laughs) Yeah, I did. So he's trying to tell me that he read the RoboCop book before he sent it to me. I think so. And there's a part in it where Stallone made 200 films. He's probably wondering why you don't finish it. You left people hanging. It's a good question. It is a good question, Ton. But the answer is your all-time favorite actors, John Cena and Sylvester Stallone, finally sharing the big screen. Well, that is actually interesting. I would like to see that, actually. Should we go right now? I'll watch oh, wait, it. it's not till August. Yeah, it's not until August, he said. We'll go for your birthday, Ton. How many films has Stallone been in? Has he reached the 200 mark? Do you think? Maybe. How many? He was in uh, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Yes. Yes, he was. I've watched that 200 times. Does that count? And he doesn't, I think he doesn't like that movie either. Not sure why not. It's top quality, top notch film. That's, you know, that's what I thought. I was like, you know what? You should just be proud of whatever you did, but he's not. When I, when I, from what I've seen him in, in interviews, he he talks poorly of that film, mm-hmm. I believe. So according to IMDb, uh, he's under the actor category of filmography. It was uh, 86, it says, which is pretty not very pretty close. close to 200. So He was in that movie Italian Stallion, where you saw a stallion. You remember? Yeah, that is a real thing. Do you think they list that here? If not, I have it at my house. Samaritan this year. Ton. Suicide Squad. Ton. This is going to be Oh, my God, ton. Yes. We can't spend the next 48 minutes listening to you read off Sylvester Stallone's IMDb page. All right. Because we've got another exclusive interview. No way. With Doug Howard of the band Touch. Really? Yeah, you remember those guys? They were around like in the late 70s, 1980, played the Monsters of Rock. He was in the Masters of the Universe Power Tour. He was like the narrator. Remember when He-Man and Skeletor came out on stage and sang songs? Yes. I asked him about that. Awesome. Let's hear it. Well, we can, Ton, right now, because the five count has everything that everyone wants all the time. I love that idea. We are joined on the phone by Doug Howard, best known from the band Touch. He also has played with uh, a lot of people over the years, Edgar Winter, Todd Rundgren. But his band Touch is back after 40 years with a brand new album. It's called Tomorrow Never Comes. Hey, Doug, how's it going today? I'm doing, man. I'm doing. Your band Touch is back with a new single, Tomorrow Never Comes. Uh, First of all, can you tell the listeners a bit about, you know, how this all came about. I mean, it's been uh, almost 40 years since uh, Touch has uh, had some new music out. Uh, yeah, uh, 40 years. Um, well, um, I mean, we've done a lot of stuff since then. I have. We all sort of went our separate ways. I went off with uh, 
Todd Rundgren for a while, and then I was with Edgar Winter for a long time after that. And then uh, um, everybody just sort of drifted away. But about two or three years ago, we uh, got word from a couple of record labels that, uh, you know, they'd love to have another album out of us because the band just never seemed to go away. <laughs> and uh, um, and I think also because they wanted one before one of us dropped dropped into the uh, into, into off the planet. Uh, so the fact that all four members were still around, we after a couple of years we said, yeah, let's see what happens. The timing was right, so we all got into the studio, and uh, first thing we did was an acapella version of "Don't You Know What Love Is," which was our our hit of uh, of uh, back then, one of our our radio charters, I guess you could call it, and uh, it sounded exactly the same. Yeah, the vocals were all still there. So then we started dragging songs out, and the next thing you know, we're at work. And it was it was interesting because it was like we had only been working like 20 minutes ago. We fell right back into the same pattern, even though it was over 40 years ago. So uh, that's how it all started, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, I imagine it's kind of like riding a bike, maybe getting back uh, together again. And, you know, you guys were so successful and, you know, had your chemistry back then. So you know, obviously, as you mentioned, it's definitely still there. Um, we do have an interesting way of working together, and it seems as though the four of us need to be together um, for that sound to happen. You know, I did Stun Lear. Uh, I was actually the lead vocalist in Stun Lear. Um, and uh, that was, you know, a melodic rock album, but and, and along the same vein. And Mark uh, went off into Drive, she said, uh, and Craig uh, as well. But when the three of us, or four of us, I should say, uh, get together, um, and particularly Glenn's kind of unique way of approaching drum fills, and, and he's really particular about tone. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's uh, for better or worse. <laughs> you know, uh, that's that seems to be what happens. And no, it never went away. Never went away. And the new song is uh, off a, a new album of the same name, Tomorrow Never Comes. Uh, what are the fans in for uh, with the new album? Well, <laughs> we weren't really thinking about that when we, in, <laughs> when we did it. We just, we sort of made up a, a rule day one of everything we do is right. No matter everything, doesn't matter what it is. It's all right. Nothing is wrong. <laughs> and that opened the floodgates to all kinds of, of experiment, experimental just just general weirdness and uh but you know there's a lot of stuff that that sounds right up the the the, the lane of, of touch in the past like uh want to hear you say uh that's been called uh very much a touch song uh and of course you know tomorrow never comes is is the title of the album it's also first single off the album but then we go uh, into some, uh, we've been told by the critics, uh, we've gotten a little heavier. Uh, some of the songs are darker. Some of the songs are lighter. Uh, uh, one song I contributed, uh, which is uh, Trippin' Over Shadows, has been called sort of a uh, direct hit, uh, mainstream kind of AOR uh, song. Folks that, have been, folks that have been looking for that kind of stuff, apparently, as I say, according to the critics, because we don't know. <laughs> we just do what we do. <laughs> um, you know, uh, they seem to be pretty pleased. Power Play uh, UK metal and uh, metal magazine out of the UK gave us 10 out of 10, 
which wow. uh, is very, very rare. So we were pretty thrilled by that. Pretty thrilled. Well, Doug, is there a different approach you use to, to writing songs for Touch compared to all the other people that you've played with over the years? That's kind of interesting. Uh, songs come to me, like, it was weird. When I was working with Todd Grungrid, um, sometimes, you know, you'll be sitting there having a conversation. And, you know, I remember talking to Todd at one point, and he said to me, what are you talking about? And I said, I don't know. I'm just looking at you, but I'm talking to myself. And the next thing you know, there's where that song came from. Um, and we just cobbled it together on the spot. Um, other times we'll start out, particularly with touch, we'll start out with some kind of a riff, some kind of a feel and everybody will throw in their two cents in terms of, you know, whoever's song it is that brought it in a little more from there with me. I found that the best songs that I've ever written tend to be what I call little gifts that they just sort of drop into your head completely formed or pretty close to it uh that was the case with trip and tripping over shadows it just it was there it's, you know I was sitting there one day and this song just plopped into my head and it's the same thing that happened with a couple of other songs um and i've noticed that in the past those seem to be the real gems so uh i don't know i, I there's no real science to it uh some you start with a riff some you start with a lyric some you start with a melody and sometimes you get lucky yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, I read too your your grandfather was a member of the Tin Pan Alley, so I mean it's uh, safe to say uh -oh. maybe uh, songwriting is in your blood here. I think. Yeah. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Uh, that was my grandfather. <laughs> yeah, Joe E. Howard. Um, and uh, I didn't really think of that when I started playing. Uh, I mean, I grew up in a, a theatrical family. Everybody was in show business. My family. And so I really didn't know how to do anything else like being an astronaut. You know, you only know how to go up in space. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't really know anything else, but, uh, um, I don't know if it's genetic or, you know, I mean, or, or what, but, uh, I've been really fortunate. You know, I tell my kids, you know, don't screw up a perfectly good hobby by turning pro, uh, and don't use my career as an example, because I got very, very lucky, right place, right time. And, you know, fortunately, I had the chops to keep the gigs. But, uh, um, yeah, it's it's growing up in my house is pretty interesting. Let's put it that way. Kind of like uh, the Barrymore's on acid, I guess, or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, man. Speaking of the chops, I know the, the artist you've crossed paths with in your career. It's just, um, you know, looking at your resume, you mentioned with Todd Rundgren, of course, um, you know, Edgar Winter. And I was reading about uh, your work with the Crystals. I mean, um even one of those artists, uh, that'd be a <laughs> yeah, dream come true for first. most people. But, I mean, you've got all those under that, your belt. That was my very first real pro touring gig was with the Crystals. And oddly enough, uh, the guitar player in that band uh, for a period of time was Ricky Bird from uh, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Sure. We've known each other since we were 14. You know, the, the New York music scene is, is back then, uh, everybody pretty much knew each other. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, Ricky and I were in the crystals together. Yeah. And, uh, Roy Buchanan, um, I was with him very briefly, the guitarist, of course, for those that aren't sure, uh, brilliant, brilliant player. And the Edgar Winter group, that was probably the most fun in a band I've ever had. That band was just every night was just hilarity. It was so much fun to be in that band. Um, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a long, strange trip. 
Indeed. <laughs> well, and then of course, uh, Touch has the uh, the accolade of being the first uh, guys to play for uh, the Monsters of Rock Festival. That obviously has uh, been a big deal for a lot of people over the years. Yeah, that was uh, that was our first time in front of an audience of that size. Uh, the crowd estimate I've heard was anywhere from fifty to sixty thousand. It was looking out over a sea of of kids and kids setting fire to the ice cream trucks and the background. It was, it was pretty wild. We were um, we were kind of the guinea pigs. That was the first time a show of that size had ever been try attempted in the UK. And uh, the uh, so when we when we got thrown out on stage, we were kind of the guinea pigs for the inputs. But once they settled the sound down after the first maybe i remember 16 bars or so uh you know we really leaned into it and uh it was uh it was uh it was pretty wild experience let's put it that way um and it prepped us or at least me for you know doing larger shows later on and arena shows and uh but touch had spent such a long amount of time rehearsing I mean, we were just so tight. We could play through, you know, a bomb blast. I mean, it, we wouldn't miss a cue. It was, it was ingrained into our DNA at that point. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was, it was quite an honor to play, uh, Monsters of Rock and Donington. And, uh, and it really, uh, it, it definitely put us on the map apparently. Well, Doug, I got to ask you this. I don't know how often you're asked, but a big deal for people my age, uh, you know, a huge show when you were doing the, uh, the Masters of the Universe Power Tour. I want to ask you your, your memories of that. Um, yeah, I've had a pretty wild career. <laughs> um, the story behind that is um, I got a call from um, my agent at the time, my theatrical agent, because I used to occasionally act, which I'm, I'm not a, a – well, that's another story entirely. But anyway, <laughs> she calls and says, yeah, so I've got this thing for you. It's – uh you're going to be the lead vocalist for a tour based upon the uh, He-Man, She-Ra, uh, and the Master of the Universe uh, uh, toy line. And I hung up the phone. <laughs> and uh, she called back and she said, no, 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 this is real. This is for real. And I said, yeah, right. And then she gave me the rundown of, like, the way they were going to do this, which was huge. It was ridiculous how huge this was. It was a combination of an Ozzy tour, uh, Wagner's the ring and a roller derby. I mean, it was, you know, just insane how huge this was going to be. And the problem they had was they had created so many of these characters that, you know, if you tried to put on a show, you had no idea who the hell was who. So the director, Tony Christopher got the idea to have a narrator so that you basically could tell what the hell was going on. And he had to be a rock singer. Um, and I really did not think that that was right for me in the beginning, but you know, the, the, the capitalists sort of came out of me and, uh, I started talking to them and the initial money that they offered again, I hung up the phone and I just kept hanging up the phone, um, until they came up with a package that I said, you know, I, I think I'm going to try this because nothing's really going on. And I kind of like a, I kind of like a, a bit of a change. And so there I was, lead vocalist live. I did 19 sold-out shows at Radio City Music Hall in 10 days at one point uh, for this madness. <laughs> but it was really pretty cool. I mean, you know, despite the fact that it was, you know, kind of odd being associated with Mattel and and uh, 
and the He-Man characters, but the, the, the crowds, I mean, we were the number two grossing tour of that year. I think uh, we outgrossed Genesis, and the only person that sold more tickets than us in terms of arena shows is Billy Joel that year. So, wow. uh, yeah, yeah. And I got to say, you know, one thing that came out of that, a couple things, um, really loved the audiences, these kids and the adults. They were just so into it. And I was live, so I got to really interact with the houses. And, uh, and um, I don't know, it, what, what I thought was a completely insane idea, and some people still kid me about it. I say, well, how many sold-out shows have you done at Radio City? And all I can say is I came off of that tour pretty well set for a little while. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of the story of that. That's awesome. Well, Doug, I know, uh, again, uh, the new album from Touch is out, uh, Tomorrow Never Comes. Are you guys going to be maybe hitting the road later this year when things start to open up again? We're talking about it. We're getting a lot of inquiries. We used to get a lot of inquiries out of the blue to begin with. Um, the band, we're all, you have to remember, I mean, I've been doing this for 40, well over, coming up on 45 years, man. I've been rocking and rolling. Uh, and we're spread out all over the place. Um, but that's not to say no. Um, and you know, I, maybe it's just a question of us hanging up the phone enough times. <laughs> Somebody will finally call up, you know, with the right package. Uh, but it's a constant topic of conversation. Of course, you know, um, you know, the world has to get settled and reopened, but one of the cool things that's come out of all of this is that you're not limited any longer to, selling seats you know you don't have to just fill the seats in the arena or in the in the theater or even in the club for that matter you know um, uh, live streaming has really come into its own and it's not going away so you can incorporate that into your shows now really effectively and basically sell tickets outside of the venue you know um, and supplement things that way my ex-employer, Todd Rundgren, did that very, very effectively this just this past year with his nearly human tour, where he incorporated live streaming into minimal, minimally uh, uh, filled venues, and it worked brilliantly. So, uh, never say never. Now, that's really, I guess, all I can say at this point, but you guys will be the first to hear about it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, again, uh, the new album is out. Tomorrow never comes. Is there anything else maybe in the works for you or something else we should watch out for? Um, I, yeah, uh, I do have, um, a couple of things, um, one in particular, but I cannot talk about it yet, but if it comes to fruition, it will once again, probably like masters, it'll probably surprise the hell out of everybody, but, uh, <laughs> nope, uh, I'm not done yet. i'm not done yet excellent dog again uh, thank you so much for your time i'm definitely excited uh, for the new album here and hopefully you can see you guys on the road here soon all right man thanks a lot for the time appreciate it and once again that was doug howard of the band touch and the new touch album tomorrow never comes is available now
Newman, and you're listening to The Five Count. Like catching 
Hey everybody, this is Rudy Sarzo, but you're listening to The Five Count.
Sounds good to me, Ton. Welcome back. Oh, yeah. To the five count. I love this idea. You know what, Ton? That was Doug Howard from Touch. That's awesome. What a guy. The new album from Touch. The first one in 40 years. That's amazing. Tomorrow never comes. Could you imagine quitting for 40 years and then making a new album? You quit the five count for like four months once. I can't even. I couldn't handle it. I think we're in the midst of that right now on our Patreon page. It's ridiculous. The tonless years. The tonless years. Or months. On Patreon? Yeah, we're on Patreon, Ton. You can sign up and join us and get all sorts of free stuff and early access, bonus shows, and you can listen to the real old shows back when people used to give a damn. Crazy. Yeah, well, sign up. What are you waiting for? Sign it up, would you? It's on Patreon. We're also like on a bunch of other stuff too, like uh, we really are. YouTube, that's a thing that people do. That is a thing. Uh, tell them what else we're on, Tom, while I fiddle with my knobs. Well, you can definitely follow YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. You can go to tpublic.com and buy all the merchandise you like. We've got coffee mugs, stickers, hoodie sweatshirts, <laughs> regular t-shirts, pillows. That's wonderful. Laptop holders, tote bags. We don't get any money for that, but you'll look cool. Yes. So keep that in mind. Speaking of, if you have some money left over, you should go to Lori Dawn Ceramics and buy the five-count medallion. It's a good idea. Or buy a bunch of other stuff, like lobsters and cool designs that you can give to your mom for Mother's Day. It's coming up, you know. She's got really cute stuff there. Just do it. All right, I will. And you can also find Ton soon on Cameo and also yeah. Tito Santana, <laughs> yes. but he won't talk to you unless you pay him. Oh, man. Yeah, I know, Ton. What a bummer. Thanks to Lars Chris from Lion's Share for being on the show. Doug Howard from Touch. I talked to a guy named Glenn Frankel about a book he wrote about Midnight Cowboy. Really? That's on our YouTube page. Wow. Also, uh, I have another show on KMSU on Thursday mornings. At 10.30. You can go to Mixcloud and find all that stuff. If you search my name, Dustin Wilmes. There's like, you got to follow all seven of the platforms to get everything. A lot of stuff happening. That's crazy. It's probably too much stuff, really. It's really too much stuff. Tons like, we need more content. We need to concentrate on delivering more, better content. It's like, I can't keep up. Pretty sure I didn't say that, but... Since you said I did, then uh, yes. What I mean by that is go to the YouTube and check out the Five Count Co-op. Yeah, there's some new ones coming up at the movies, too. That's a Patreon thing. We're going to watch a bikini movie, I think. You're going to love it. I guess that's it, Ton. That's it. See you next time. See ya. Ho, 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 ho.